It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 104. Talk about anxiety as a superpower with Jessica Rodriguez. As the CEO of Freedom Driven Success, Jessica Rodriguez has an unapologetic mission to help purpose-driven businesses expand beyond a one-to-one reliant business model with scalable offers that allow them to amplify their impact and profit, all while working less hours in the process. Not one to shy away from sharing the whole kit and caboodle, Jessica's blog is jam-packed with straightforward strategies and behind-the-scenes insights about what it really takes to run a business that serves you first. Ugh, mic drop moment. Jessica is here today to talk about anxiety. Now, you might be listening and thinking, I'm going to skip this one. I don't have anxiety. But wedding pros, listen up. Even if you don't identify as someone who has, quote unquote, anxiety, our jobs are stressful. And so Jessica is here to give us some insight on how we can take all of those overwhelming spidey sense feelings and use them for good. This is an important episode for every wedding pro and creative, especially right now where we are in the world. Go grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab a pen, paper, (laughs) and we're going to talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hey friends, we're back. I mean, not the podcast. Obviously, we've never gone away. I'm talking about weddings. At least here in Los Angeles, I can tell you we are all experiencing the whiplash and the crush of client expectations, in-person meetings, and like, well, all the things, big and small, that we do for our businesses every day. One of the best things I ever did for my own business was to outsource as soon as I was able. So now that bookings are back, You might also be feeling the pull to outsource. And so I want to remind you about our good friends at Bench. Bench is not just bookkeeping anymore, but they are now an all-in-one tax and bookkeeping solution at prices that honestly can't be beat. With Bench, you get one-on-one expert support from a real human. You get powerful financial reporting and stress-free tax filing as well as historical bookkeeping for clients who might need to get caught up fast. Also, when you work with Bench, you can partner with Lending Club for your business bank account. No monthly fees, no minimum balance, you guys, just total control over your small business finances. And since we're all heading back to work, now's the time to get your payroll in order. And Bench has an awesome partnership with Gusto. I use all of these things in my business every day. And because you are a listener of this show, you can get 30% off your first three months. Just go to ReneeDallow.com forward slash bench. That's ReneeDallow.com forward slash bench. 
Let's get back to work and let's get to outsourcing, baby. Now, on with the show. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow. I am joined this week by the lovely and talented Jessica Rodriguez. Jessica, how are you? I am doing great. We are currently in the process of selling our home and then found a new home in this market. So let's wow. just say everything counts as a win that we have survived so far. Hell yes. That is, uh, that's a lot, especially in this market, which is intense. Yes. We, we're learning very quickly. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm sure that brings up a lot of feelings for our listeners. Uh, we are here today to talk about anxiety as a superpower, um, which is a topic that I, I find so fascinating because especially in light of what we've all been through in the past 18 or so months, or by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably, it'll be a full year. I mean, uh, almost two years. Anxiety just seems like it's part of our everyday life these days. Yes, I, I could not agree more. And really for me, it was a part of or is a part of my life in general. So ever since I was a teenager, I didn't even know there was a name for it. You know, at that time, mm -hmm. I just knew I always felt a certain way and I could never get rid of it. And I always had, for me, my anxiety shows as this tightness that happens within my chest. And I just know right away where my body starts feeling weak. And, you know, I have these certain symptoms. And when I originally got started in business, I was very similar to, I'm sure, everyone listening where you are just like gung-ho, oh my God, I can make money doing something I enjoy doing. Like I get to do this every single day. So you start with that passion. And what started to happen for me is it went from passion to essentially oh, I don't have to think about my anxiety anymore. That must have been from my nine to five job. It's all going to be healed now because I'm in business for myself and it's going to solve all of my problems. And what I started to learn in the process was that I essentially took my very first business, which was in a, in a different industry online. I took that business and I started to wrap my identity around it. So it was very focused on, do all the things, be all the things, show up, right? On social media and in person and everything you could possibly do. And unfortunately for me, my breaking point happened in the summer of 2015, where I had been running so fast in my business and always setting, you know, a new goal, going higher, going higher, that the moment I took a, like a step to even breathe and to take a look at my life, I didn't like what I was seeing and my anxiety started coming in full force as, Hey, you've kind of ignored me for three years. I've been around this whole time. You were just running so fast that you just pushed it aside and don't worry, right? Do the work, all of this. We're going to hit so hard that you physically aren't going to be able to work anymore. And you are going to essentially burn down your business, which is what I decided to do at the time. Wow. Wow. I mean, so much of that that resonates with me, just in the the constant movement. I mean, it's interesting because as I listen to you, I think, well, that's just part of my personality. Like mm -hmm. I am, I, that is just who I am in Enneagram 3. I'm an overachiever. This, I've always been this person. But, but I also do acknowledge and realize, um, especially after 2020, that like, 
that kind of energy energy is probably the wrong word, but it's not sustainable forever, right? If I feel like if we didn't have the forced break of 2020, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I might be in the same feeling right now of like, okay, this is too much. I need to, I need to dismantle and start again, you know? Yes. And there's just so much that can go into it too, as far as I wore it as a badge of honor. Like, Oh, totally. This is is me being a high achiever, right? Like I'm making things happen and this is stuff I would have never imagined for myself. And then, you know, if we're being honest, there's that part of you that after you leave your nine to five, you're like, ha ha, look look what I was able to do. Yes, 100%. You know, and just kind of going at that pace and something that I really think opened up last year for a lot of people was something that did open for me during that summer um, back in 2015, where I did this exercise with myself. And I want to just kind of go over some of these questions because I feel like it would be so helpful for people to have this same moment who need it, right? Um, And for me, it was first to see, okay, what would I say are my top four priorities in life? If I'm not letting society dictate, like what actually means the most to me. So clearly my business is going to be one of them because that's just, that's a given. Um, For a lot of people I've done this exercise with, they don't put themselves as one of those options. So I always say one has to be you. That's not optional. What you fill in there, that's your choice, right? You get to design your life how you want, but there needs to be one priority is you. One, of course, because we're business owners, it's gonna be your business. You get to choose what those other ones are whether that is family, it's spirituality, it's it's totally up to you where you want to go with that. Then from there is I started to think of even the past three days and I wrote down, what did I do? So this is everything from sending an email to, you know, I made dinner, I went for a walk, I drove and did some errands. So I would write all of those things down. And what I did from there is I just grabbed highlighters and started saying, okay, I'm going to say myself is pink, really just because I like the color, pink, (laughs) I'm going to highlight that. And then I'm going to go through this list and highlight everything that I would consider something I did for myself. So whether it was working out, I know some people like meditating, whatever your thing is. And then I went through the same thing with my marriage. So did we have date night? Did you know, what is it that we did? Um, And when I did this exercise, and now it's been years of doing it with people that I've supported along the way, it was so eye-opening where I said, oh, that's interesting, because I would say, oh, my marriage is a priority, or, you know, I want my health to be a priority. And when I went through this evaluation and I added up the task, forget about the time it took or any of that, just a general scope of it. Uh, My business was pretty much priority one, two, and three, if we're talking about, you know, like how much time went to it. Yeah. So it was that kind of that punch in the face where you go, you know, you're saying this is important, but your actions don't go with those words. So no wonder why you feel so overwhelmed and like nothing's ever enough and you're always dropping the ball. And then of course that brings a whole level of anxiety with it because you just, you feel like you can never win. And at that point I sat down with my husband, we had the whole conversation around it. And I was like, you know what? I need to start making these changes, but I also am aware 
that this isn't going to happen tomorrow, right? It's not like, (laughs) and I always joke with people about this where it's like, wait, it's Monday, a brand new month and a new quarter. Hold on guys. (laughs) I have to go change my whole life. Get ready. (laughs) If I'm starting a new habit, it's totally now. So as I did that, I was like, okay, we need to do very slow things. So this was a joint effort that we had to the point where my husband would come up and just close my laptop like slowly and go, Hey, it's time for bed. You know, like these little things that got me to like, you know, start starting to switch around my priorities of, Hey, business is still important to me, but so are these other areas in life. And what that started to lead me to as I was really more aware of, hold on, things are definitely out of whack. So I need to be more intentional with my decisions. I started to notice that when I was getting anxiety in my business, it was always around something I either didn't want to do or didn't have the capacity to do. And before I would just go, well, you figure out a way, right? (laughs) You're scrappy, you're gonna do it. Like, are you just gonna let this get you down? And it's like, hold on, maybe this is just a sign to go, this may not be for me. There's hundreds of ways to build any one business, right? So what if whenever my anxiety is happening, instead of trying to like, you know, mantra it away or, you know, think good thoughts or whatever, I actually sit in it and go, okay, this feels bad. What about this feels bad? And when I started looking at my business, I remember looking at, you know, at the beginning of the year when we put our goals up, and we get all excited, right? And we have all these brand new goals. And I kept feeling anxious. And I was like, why? Like, New Year's Eve is like my favorite holiday. That's not a real holiday. Is it? Yes, because I like a fresh start. Yes, I'm so like, usually I never talk to anyone that's the same way. I was like, I know it's weird, but like, I really love love it it all. Like a whole, like, God bless my husband. It's like a whole freaking thing every year. Like we can't, we can never just stay home and be ordinary. No. No. Uh -uh. The countdown gives me chills. I'm like, oh yeah, I cry sometimes. It's a whole thing. Yes. (laughs) I like, so you will totally relate to this where I have my goal board up and I'm like, I'm not excited. I'm stressed out by these goals. It's like, oh, it should never be that way. I was like, what is happening? That's not normal for me. Usually I'm like, everything's going to be perfect now. Right. So (laughs) I, I looked at it and then I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh my God, I see what happened. It's like at that year, I was aiming for 300K in the business, but it was all based off one on one work. Oh, that's right. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, could I achieve it? Sure. But my schedule is already packed with, yeah. between clients. And then you have discovery calls for clients, right? Like all of those things that, and then marketing, obviously to get the clients in. It's like, I think I feel so overwhelmed because my business is reliant on this. So if a client yeah. doesn't sign, hey, like that, that is our mortgage. I am the, you know, quote unquote breadwinner here. So yeah. like, what am I going to do? So I made the decision and this, I'm just gonna let you guys know, this isn't an everyone decision, (laughs) my decision, (laughs) um, because I know how I operate best was to send an email to my list and say, I am no longer taking on -on one-on-one clients because I knew I could fill clients, but I also knew my anxiety was going, right? So it's like, this is not a fit. I need to build some other offers in my business, but I know 
one, I could probably find the time for both. But for me, I actually respond better when I take away the safety net. Like I'm someone who likes Oh, me too. Yeah, same. I'm like, I'll force myself to be accountable pretty much. Um, And within those six months, I started building out courses. I built a membership and then I did, you know, all the webinars and funnels and, you know, different things like that. And in that process, I started to see the difference of a business that works for you and a business that you work for. Right, right. right 100%. And, and it was such a great learning lesson in disguise at the time because it did not feel right. like a learning lesson then. Um, but I have now, I mean, we're now talking five, six years later. And just watching, even as we went through everything last year, this realization of, you know what, like one size does not fit all in business. Yeah. And that really our goal needs to be, what is that lifestyle that we want for ourselves? And it's okay if it's totally different than somebody else's. So there's a lot of permission giving in that. And then now creating your goals, what what is your goal, right? Like your revenue goal doesn't have to be a seven, eight figure business. Like it's whatever you want for yourself. Um, And if that is your goal, that's, that's great too. But then going into your offers, structuring that and checking in with yourself and also giving yourself permission to change your mind. You could do something for six months and then be done. Like it's right season. Well, and then what I've noticed too, especially with my fellow wedding pros, I don't, I hate to call this period we're in post pandemic, especially when we're recording this in July, you guys <laughs> likely won't hear this until the fall. So in the fall, we might actually be post pandemic maybe, but I can tell you that in this season, a lot of wedding pros that I'm speaking to, you know, they're cutting their smaller packages. They're cutting down the things that they, maybe they put in during the pandemic, like virtual stuff. Mm-hmm. They're getting rid of the fluff because they do want to streamline their services and their life. And they're finding that maybe doing wedding management is giving them too much anxiety and it's not, the trade-off isn't worth it. You know, we all have to really, I think always, um, I mean, I think ultimately the work of entrepreneurship is really knowing yourself very well, but like listening to yourself as you go through these seasons of your business and life to say, okay, well, what do I need now? Right. And for many people right now might be a time of intense scrutiny, but then something might come of it in the in the near future or far future that is a transformation at, from one thing to another, like you're talking about, you know, from this one-on-one to one-to-many. A few weeks ago, I was uh, in Phoenix for um, a speaking event. I was the speaker at a networking event and I gave a 45-minute presentation on leadership. And afterwards, all the questions uh, were like personal for me, which was interesting. It was an interesting like thing to learn. But then also someone flat out asked me, how much longer are you going to be planning weddings? Or are you going to move strictly to education and public speaking? In that moment, I have to be honest, Jessica, I had a little anxiety about being asked that publicly because I still haven't answered that question thoroughly for myself with a lot mm-hmm. of clarity. Like I, it's something I'm deciding. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm not at the end of that yet. And so to be asked it publicly, like I had that um, you know, that, that flush feeling that goes from like your feet to your head, like that literally was, was what physically happened in my body. And I, I had the thought of like, oh, that's interesting. That's a very visceral reaction to this question. Seemingly innocent question told, you know, asked by someone in the audience who obviously listens to the show. Thanks for the question if you're listening. Um, but it was that moment of like, I have to listen to what my body is telling me right now. Mm -hmm. And also maybe there's, there's something to explore there that I am trying, not trying to ignore, but I'm not actively working on in the moment, you know? Yes. And I think that's the thing. It's that 
coming to accept that one, you're not going to know all the answers. <laughs> um, and two, you are going to evolve and you're going to change. And that is going to change some of the things like, yeah. you know, that is going on. And even one of my, you know, how everyone kind of has their like pet peeve questions. Oh, yeah. um, mine has always been like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> some ideas. Yeah. Like, there's some things I would like, but I can't attach myself so much. Like I've never been the person that had that, you know, very specific plan um, that way. And I mean, now, of course, I feel a little vindication where I'm like, did anyone plan for last year? <laughs> that wasn't in yeah. anyone's five years. Nobody plan. could have planned for last year. So, okay. So for everyone listening, who's like, mm -hmm. yes, that's me. I have anxiety. I, I don't know how to manage it. Like mm -hmm. I, how do I make anxiety a superpower? Like, how did you flip this, flip the script from being like, this is something that could debilitate me and my business to something that you use um, for good, I suppose? Yes. So just, I just want to say this caveat, like I'm obviously not a professional. I'm just a woman who has experienced it and has gone through her journey and have, you know, has worked with amazing people who have helped me along the way. And my biggest thing was always, you know, I don't want to lose my drive and what I do and the passion and all of that. So any advice that was telling me just to like completely stop, you know, go take bubble baths, all of that. I'm like, that doesn't really work <laughs> for me. That's not, I can't just sit there. Like, it's just not my personality. Yeah. Um. So for me, it was number one, like really getting more aware or at least listening to yourself more. So for me, it is catching what are those repeated things that you say over and over again. So this could be something like, you know, uh, it's never enough, or there's always more to do, or feeling overwhelmed when you see your to-do list each day, because the reality is we always have to-dos. Like that's just it's yeah. business, it's life. So, but if I am able to catch those thoughts earlier, then I can start to ask myself like, what is it that I actually need? So what support do I need to ask for? And that became such a huge game changer for me where sometimes the support I need is a friend to just hear me, just to get it out of my own mind. Sometimes the support I need is to tell my husband, like, there's a lot of stuff to do around the house. I'm also a Virgo. So like, I like everything clean. So, <laughs> um, can you help? Like, can you just literally anything and I'll be happy, mm -hmm. right? Like support in that area. Um, and again, like therapy, going to a professional to help me figure out like, what are your triggers? Because everyone's triggers are a little bit different. Yeah. And understanding that at the end of the day, everything that needs to get done, gets done, right? Like we do the things that we need to get done. Most things we put on our to-do list aren't even ours like to be doing. So <laughs> right. I started taking this challenge of whenever I see it, my to-do list during the day, it's what's one thing I can just remove from here, whether it is to trash it or it's to delegate it. Mm -hmm. um, then it is being, again, aware of my own thoughts. What is repetitive? Because if there is something stressing me out repetitive, it's going to be triggering my anxiety. So this tells me that I need to either ask for support with that or maybe that support is a professional to help me work through that area instead of trying to always navigate it by myself. Yeah. Um, another super quick exercise that I do anytime I feel like 
I am in that heavy anxiety. Like there, it, I say like a chaotic type of state where you're like, no, I'm really not in a good place right now. I, I don't feel good is I will grab a notebook and I will just say, what do I want? And I'll see what comes up. Mm-hmm. So I've had business owners come and they're like, you know, more of the right people on this and that there's no judgment. What is it you want in this moment? What are you looking right. for? Right. And then on the other side is, um, what do you not want? So this is your way, like rage out. Like what are all the things <laughs> that you're just mad about today, right? Like, oh yeah. I don't want her to comment that on my Instagram post. Like, I don't care what it is. You yeah. Just, it doesn't matter how bananas it is. Just get yeah. it out. Yeah. It's only no, for you. <laughs> paper thinking is so powerful. And I, with my masterminds and my group coaches, anyone who, any student who comes through, through this uh, Renee Dallow land, I'm always like, get a journal, please get a journal, start journaling. Mm-hmm. And like, don't, if whatever, if journaling is like, too much. It feels too heavy. Then I paper thinking, right? Like just get it out of your head onto a page because then you can release it or you can examine it, but it doesn't have to live in your body anymore. Yes. And you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because I am somebody I've tried more times than I could count throughout the years to be someone who journals. I have right. plenty of them, <laughs> bought them all. And I'll start for like a day or two. And I'm like, I just, like my hand physically like hurts. <laughs> like it doesn't want to write. It's the weirdest thing. But I will what I call rage journal mm-hmm. <laughs> very often. Like just to be able to get it out of my head, whether it is I just have a notebook on my desk. It's like, hey, if you're feeling some kind of way, just get it out because you wind up solving your own stuff <laughs> most times. Totally. So I'll just write it out. Or on my phone, the like notes app in your phone, I just have mm-hmm. like a section where I never reread them. <laughs> I just delete them. <laughs> but like, I just do the same thing. Instead of writing it out, I'll just randomly type stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what, I guess I just needed space to get that out of me. And you start to solve right like your own stuff and then things that you can't, then that's where that support comes in. So when I'm looking, I do the like, what do I want? So here's all my big dreams and thoughts right now. Um, what do I not want? And then I will always ask myself, like, why do I allow it? Like, mm. a lot of times it's a boundary wow. issue that's happening, right? Like, I want to be honest with myself. Like, there's a lot of things I don't want. And, you know, I, there's a root there somewhere. So why do I allow that? Oh, that is such an amazing question. Why do I allow that? Mm. I think sometimes too, with anxiety, especially in the, in my circles, you know, we feel like as wedding planners specifically, I'm talking to my planners now. Mm -hmm. um, We sometimes feel like we inherit our client's anxiety um, and that we sometimes we have somehow uh, considered that that might be part of our job, which I, which I, if you could see my face, I'm making a, you know, <laughs> like what the F face right now. Uh, but then also, so that's one part of anxiety, I think specifically for wedding pros. But then the other part that I know I've experienced is when you have that client that you just, there's just something wrong there, right? Either they don't, they don't like you or they don't trust you or you don't like them or trust them. And there, you know, there's, and I hate to say that it, it, it doesn't exist in the moment for me right now, but even though I've been doing this forever, even in my last season, 2019, there was a client who every time she emailed me, I'd get like a, like a, like a hot flash in my body of yes. like, oh God, this one. And so what do you think for those things? One, that the inheriting of the anxiety. And then two, these clients that seem to spark the anxiety. What do you think we can do about that? Yeah. So I always see those as, I'll just say like, they're an angel messenger. Like 
they're here to teach me something. Like there is something that is getting triggered in me by working mm. with them. And I always go down and I actually had this happen um, last year with a client. And I was like, every single time I get a message, it was that same feeling. And I'm like, they're not a bad person. It's they're just very high stressed. And then it makes me feel stressed. Like I have to like hurry up and run. So I did the same thing because, you know, I love writing out a rage. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I went to paper and I was like, what do I like? Who is my absolute ideal client? Who do they feel or I'm sorry, who are they? What do they um, experience? How do they respond to things? And then I start saying, like, who's not ideal? And of course, it's going to be a lot of traits from that not ideal client because you're in that spot. And then I would ask myself, what boundary needs to be set? A lot of times with clients, I find that the most helpful thing we can do in situations like that is use it to refine our onboarding process. Mm, because a, a lot of times it can be a, you know what, they think it should look this way and you're on call 24 seven and that's why they paid you. And it's like, no, like that's, <laughs> no. I'm here to make sure things stay streamlined. Nothing blows up, right? Like yeah. there's certain things. Um, so then typically with a client, I will go and tweak some of my onboarding. Um, sometimes it is just a sheet of like, hey, here's what to know as we get started together and letting them know some stories of like past clients, obviously no names or anything, but you know, here's some things they navigated and we did this. So like, it's a what to expect when you're expecting type of sheet. For those. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Just to help them understand like the full scope of the project. So whenever I work with someone, I also have this in my programs as well is I do have a, a doc, it's just a Google doc, but it's a boundaries and expectations. So this is how I promise to show up. Here's how you will get the, the most out of our time. If you have any questions, let me know, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. Um, and then as you do, if you still do that, and it's like, how did they slip through the cracks? <laughs> they tried to do everything. Um, one is it allows me to have something to refer back to. Like, hey, you may have missed that. And of course, I'm going to say that nicely. Um, and two, then I will make it even stronger on sales pages or your discovery calls, you know, things like that. I will ask questions that will bring in the right person and kind of, if they get bothered by it, it's going to push them away. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. I also think too, there's, especially for wedding planning, you know, the process tends to go on for like a year or more with some mm -hmm. of the, well, especially now I have yep. clients that have been with me since like 2019 and I think it's okay. And ex I think maybe, maybe we need to normalize the idea that over time relationships grow with your clients and they might, you know, test the boundaries of like sending a text, even though you say no text or, mm -hmm. and it's okay to reestablish those in order to save yourself some anxiety and some, you know, as Tarika says, protect your peace. Um, but then I also think like for the clients who want us to absorb their, their drama, their stress for me over the years, what I found super helpful is just to really like for myself contextualize that. So like if my client is having a fight with their mother, say, mm -hmm. and they come to me and like unload the drama on me and say like, well, what should I do about it? I have to look at it as like a scientist, not a judge. Right. I have to yeah. look at it and say like, okay, well, these are the, the facts are like you're probably you know that your client is probably emotional about it so they're uh you know they're putting feelings on top of everything of course mm -hmm. 
So I think it's what we can do as service providers and to help our own anxiety is to literally start looking at things factually, not emotionally. At least that's what helps me, right? To remove the the emotion of it and just say, okay, well, the facts are mom did this and then you did this and here here are the facts. How can we, you know, how can I advise you to like move through this? But then also like our job is not to absorb anyone else's stress or drama. Our job is to hopefully help them navigate around it or through it if they if they must. Yes, because you would never be able to keep yourself in business. It's just no. it's too much to take on. Yeah, I mean, and I see it. I see planners get burnt out, especially right now in the season we're in right now, where mm-hmm. we are having our pandemic clients' weddings finally come to fruition. They have a lot of feelings. There's a lot of feelings happening right now. Yes, and really allowing them, okay, like they got it out. They had the space, right? Like they said the thing. Mm-hmm. And I really like your focus on like, I'm not dismissing that you have feelings or anything because they are valid, right? Like you're totally. upset and I get that. Um, my goal is to make sure you have the best day possible. So in order to help with that, let me ask you some questions, which of course is going to be, be based on the facts of the situation. And I think it's interesting. I, I'm curious if this happens for you is they start to calm down as they're answering those questions because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, solution, 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 right? Like yes. they start seeing kind of like the sun is coming back out again. Yeah. And you know, uh, one of the, th- I feel like I say it constantly to my clients, like, oh, that's very common. Oh, that happens. Oh yes. I've mm-hmm. seen that before. <laughs> and I feel like as, as soon as they're like somehow affirmed that like, no, my family is not a crazy shit show. Everyone's like this, that they're like, oh, okay. Or like, oh yeah, we've dealt with that before. This is what we did. You like the solution. Like, I think the, the more we can lead our clients and even ourselves to more, for at least in my mindset, more solution-based, um, you know, reactions to things, I think it does help quell the anxiety. Because for me, the anxiety is always about something I don't know or mm-hmm. something I can't predict. Yes. And another thing I would add too is if you are in that moment, sometimes I have to take a step back and say, what am I making this mean about me? Oh, 100%. You know, because then it's like, oh, well, you know, I should have predicted that or I should have known that was coming. It's like, how would you have known that the hall is no longer taking that size capacity? Like, right. It it just happened, right? So, like, it means nothing about you. It means something happened and now you have some more work, right? As far as like navigating some of the things, but it's nothing about you. It's just the situation. So like being able to pull yourself out of it where a lot of times it's been, Oh, you know, I'm a failure and I can't do anything right. And then I go, is that a hundred percent true? A hundred percent without a doubt. I am a failure and I can't do anything right. No. Like, could I prove that in a court of law? No. That's that's what I was going to say. Would judge Judy be like, get out of here with that? No. Like, I can't prove it. So that in that case, if we can make ourselves believe whatever it is we want, because that's how our minds are, then what thought would better serve me? Oh, I'm navigating this right now. This is Mm -hmm. something I either need to work on, or this is a system to add in the, depending on the situation, right? Like this is just something to add into the business. has nothing to do with me as a person. Yes. And another thing too, I, that I just popped in my brain is, and I, I started doing this really early in my career because I was realizing that every time I'd get on a call with a client, I was getting a little anxious because I didn't know what it was about and what we we're going to talk about. What do they need? Um, now, before I have a client call or even a podcast interview, anything, I like 
center myself. Like I turn off the, I turn off electronics for a sec. Uh, if I you know, walk around the room, walk around the backyard, I just need to like get to a, a place that is like neutral. Mm -hmm. Because for me, that's uh, much easier to then kind of receive whatever is going to come in. Right. If I'm already coming in with like all the other shit that's happened today and a fight with my husband and the dog, you know, threw up on something and I'm walking in with all that energy, I can't really receive anything or help in any way, I think. Yes. And that kind of comes back to how I see the superpower of all of this, where you learned how you work best and you learn yes. what makes you show up best. And yeah, it may manifest as anxiety if you're ignoring it or you're just not aware of it, right? Like your body's just trying to like knock like, hey, 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. we need this. <laughs> um, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I wonder what that's like. And I always ask my husband because I don't know, I'm just weird like that. I'm like, wait, so you put on a shirt and it didn't fit. And like, you literally just went through your day and was like, I just need to buy another shirt. Like, what does that feel like? Because I would make it a whole production. I don't know if I want to change it, then I'll just, you know, eat better, stop drinking craft beer, like whatever. And if I don't want to change it, then like, that's my choice. And like, that's it. And I'm like, what's it like to go through life? Just like, like, I know, it, you know, but I always use that as like, it kind of like a, a fun litmus test for myself. I'm like, well, that's where my anxiety comes in. Cause it's like, Hey, 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 that like, this isn't right. We're trying to direct you in the right way. And if you don't listen and you keep pushing it off, I'm going to get louder. So if you don't want yes. me to get louder, then just take five minutes or sometimes it's one minute. Like, just stop for a second, acknowledge me. I just want to be acknowledged. Um, and ask yourself these questions, like the ones that we've been talking about, just to see what is actually happening. And I mean, the person who started a business nine years ago, which seems like forever, and the person now, completely different. And a lot of that is because I've had these moments where it was like, oh, I feel some kind of way. What am I making this about me? Oh, what do I actually believe about me? And then instilling that belief. And then that started to show up in how I serve other people, how I navigate other people's, you know, problems and things that come up because that's business and it happens. Like all of mm -hmm. that is a reflection of my own growth, which actually stemmed from just listening to myself and going, okay, so what do I actually need? And it's okay if maybe what I need is just to go sit out on the deck and not answer these emails right now. I'll come back right. to it. I'll get what I need to get done. Jessica, do you have any uh, thing you do physically that like that helps you quell the anxiety or deal with the anxiety? Yes. So I have worked out pretty much six days a week, like for as long as I can remember mm -hmm. um, because it starts my day. So just how like people have a morning routine, um, for me, it is moving my body. So yeah. it doesn't even have to be super strenuous. If I'm walking, it counts. So having that time to just move my body, um, also, and I know this isn't necessarily feasible for every lifestyle. Um, for me, the running joke is like, I'm not presentable to the world until 11am. So it takes me <laughs> yeah, mine is 10am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to wake up and I need to, you know, adjust and I got to wake up at my natural time. <laughs> and um, I go, I move my body, I have breakfast, you know, I do all that, get showered, get ready, and then start my day. 
And that kind of sets that tone. So that is always something that's super helpful. Um, another thing as well that's been really uh, beneficial for me is, and it's like one of those, it sounds weird to say, but like, what is a random hobby that doesn't use technology? So hmm. I just went back to puzzling. Like, Oh, I do love a good puzzle, but we, my husband and I normally do them when they're like, we have a, a friend who has a cabin up in big bear and it's, mm -hmm. not, it's, there is like, there is a TV and there is a computer, but it doesn't feel like the kind of place where you would do any of that. So yep. we tend to do puzzles when we're in big bear. I don't know. We've made that association. So like now it's like, that's a thing. That's what you do there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always just looking for like, what are those pockets in the day where it's just me and my thoughts can kind of just run their course. So when I move my body, I think of all the things, which is a good thing. It just gives them space to like, Oh, what's that? What's that? And, you know, kind of see what's happening. And then I can sit down, I can deal with, you know, whatever's happening in the day. And then that, um, my husband and I also, at that time in my business, we set non-negotiable date night. So it's actually happening. Um, after we talk every Wednesday <laughs> night, we have non-negotiable date night with ourselves. And, you know, it's just like those little, little changes that really make a difference for me. Yeah, I love that. I, I do have, um, I have to say, I'm getting better at the consistency of it, but I do aspire, I guess I should say, to have a daily Peloton practice. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, much, I'm a much better human when I start my day on the bike, 100%. I know that for sure. Um, but the other thing that was so interesting, and it's funny, I knew that you and I were going to be talking and, and I um, I didn't do it on purpose, but at the after I had done it, I was like, oh, I'm going to mention this to Jessica. So I had been traveling um, mm -hmm. all of June. I was uh, in a different location every week for a couple of days and I love it, but it was a little stressful, especially because when I'd come home, I tend to waffle between like full neat freak and like letting things go. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't home, when I came back to the house, like things had been for lack of a better word, like let go, right? Like there were many things in this house that I was like, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. Mm -hmm. It's making me too anxious. So on the weekend, although I definitely had work to do, <laughs> I decided that what I was going to do instead was take out my home edit workbook and reorganize the pantry and like the junk drawer and my side of the bedroom where my vanity is and where my like reading nook is. Like I like went ham on those areas of the house and previous to, to cleaning the house, I had been having a lot of inner dialogue and a lot of inner critic with myself about like, you have so much work to do. There's so many people that need things from you. You're so behind, like, and then ultimately the, the same kind of language about like, you haven't had a new idea in a while. Like you're not moving on the ideas that you have. Like there's no space to think. I cleaned up my physical space. And since Sunday, I have literally had like four to five great ideas come to me during the day. Some mm -hmm. of them con connecting back to old ideas all come out in the journal with the paper thinking, but things that I'm like, oh, I never even realized those two things that I already created or tied together somehow. Yeah, I should go back and connect those for everyone. Like I had to clean my physical space. Mm -hmm. And it just allows for, and I don't know all the details of this type of stuff, um, but I'm always just like, energy matters. Like I yeah, just need 100%. Like, a different type of energy. Sometimes I move my desk or like, you know, just kind of different things to shake things up. And it really does become, um, a friend of mine used to always say, uh, hiring your vibration is your most productive task any day. And I was oh, like, interesting. I like that. Cause she's like, look, if you're sitting at your desk 
and it's taking you two hours to write that piece of content, like you could go take those two hours, clean your house, run your errand, whatever, just, you know, kind of like get you out and come knock that out in 15 minutes when you're in a good vibe. And I was like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's true. Cause I do like creating content. So now when I like sit and I catch myself, I'm like, this is taking way longer than possible. Cause I'm just like in a funk. Yeah. I just stopped working. I'm like, I'll get it done so much faster if I just come back when I'm actually in the mood to be doing this. I feel that so hard. I mean, I have started creating my days now where I will literally set a timer for an hour. So like you're working for an hour and then you're going to go do something else for 30 minutes and then come mm -hmm. back and, and another hour or two later. Because I have found that the days that I force myself to sit here and just hammer out work, it's diminishing returns at a certain point. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about, but we've, we feel like all these, we could talk forever. For anyone who's, what do you think, Jessica, for anyone who's listening, who's like, oh my God, you're describing me. This is me. I have anxiety now. What do I do? What do I do? We've now given them anxiety about their anxiety. What would you, <laughs> what would you say to them about like first steps, how to like, how to sort of move forward? Yes. So I would say when you are looking, so when we talked about the assignment, I want you to do that assignment of what you want, what you don't want, why you allow it. The last question is what is one thing I can do today based off that? Yeah. And I really do make that like, it's just what comes out. And I start to take that step because that's really the thing of not necessarily changing everything. Um, I also do want to reiterate I have been in business for nine years now. I've worked with businesses of all sizes, capacities, all of that goodness. And this is something that you are a thousand percent not alone in. Um, it's also something that you can make to work for you as long as you're paying attention, you know, and really asking yourself these questions. So I know there's going to be plenty of times where you go, oh, it's just me and I'm the only one that's going to... It's not true. It's really not true. It's just your mind playing tricks and that you can have a thriving business regardless. Well, if that is the perfect place to stop, Jessica, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, where can everyone find you on the internet? Yes. So I love Instagram. So you can find me at Freedom Driven Success. And then also, if you come over to the website at freedomdrivensuccess.com, we have a ton of resources. I love blogging. So there's a blog of all different um, things as far as setting boundaries, whether you're hiring your team, if you do want to go into scalable offers, you'll see things there on that as well. And my whole story of anxiety is also there as well. Jessica, thank you so much. I'm so glad I had you here for this topic because I think, you know, I say this a lot on the show. I say like, we don't talk about this enough, but for, for this topic, we really don't talk about this enough. And and I think maybe it's one of those things that people are still sort of afraid to admit that like saying like, hey, anxiety is part of my everyday. But for my mm -hmm. wedding pros out there, like 100%, we all feel this sometimes yes. and and it's okay. And and there are ways to cope and there are people to talk to and, and lessons to learn from it. Um, and you're not alone. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you. For my lovely friends out there, in podcast land who hear my voice through their earbuds. Thank you for listening. Uh, I know I say this to you every week, but I, I firmly believe it. And you know, I, I value your time so much. I know you can't make any more of it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending it with us. I would love to hear uh, your feedback from this episode on our Instagram at talk with Renee Dallow. 
Um, and you know, we're going to be also doing clubhouse in, uh, in tandem with this episode. Hopefully Jessica, you can join us for that if you're around, yes. uh, the same week that this goes out. And so I'd love to continue this conversation because I think it's so, so, so needed. So until we see you on clubhouse, we will say bye-bye for now and I'll see you again next week. Bye, bye. friends. Thanks for listening to talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast. And connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. 